this is the podcast going beyond salvation and this is episode 24 of season three and today we're we're going ahead and trying out the the new format and so I'm your host just Rob, just Robinson and we're trying out the new format so this podcast is actually dealing with seven days worth of the Old Testament reading. And so that is what we are doing to start off with. And so, and we'll just see how this goes and how we break it up. And so we'll continue and go through these notes and just see how long it is. And then there will be other podcasts that will appear throughout the day. Uh, I've decided Psalms and Proverbs will probably end up being put together into one podcast. I thought it would be interesting. And then the book of Luke will have its own podcast as well. So let's get started. So um, in one in one day of the in day one, what we would consider of, of the new format, we read Joshua's chapter 21 and chapter 22. So is what I did. And so I'm kind of breaking this apart based on some reading that I, I did, how I did it. So Joshua 21 uh, talks about towns for the Levites, which, you know, the Levites needed towns. There was supposed to be towns for the, uh, the, the sanctuary cities for those who killed somebody um, and, and needed to flee to, but also the Levites needed towns, especially areas where they they could have their their livestock that was given to them or or whatever so they did need they did not inherit things but they did they were given cities just so that they they had a place to live but continuing on I just I wanted to point out in chapter 21 which is in verse 45 and it it's emphasizing you know it's talking about that you know this is not one of all the lord's good promises to the house of israel failed every every one was fulfilled so it's emphasizing god's faithfulness and keeping his word to the forefathers i mean this was something that was promised to abraham years 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 ago and it's finally coming true However, it's, it's presented as both complete and incomplete. For example, you know, for what it is, is, you know, God was faithful, yet the Israelites had to do their part in faithfully obeying the covenant. And part of that covenant was driving out all those inhabitants. And we'll talk about with the book of Judges, what happens when they don't. And how, you know, as believers, we have to take that as a warning that we are to be obedient to God and still draw near to him. And and it's the same in the new covenant in this whole idea that, you know, God's promises are fulfilled, but also not, or they're both complete and incomplete because you have to think about it that, you know, when we're under this new covenant, you know, he faithfully fulfills all his promises to us as believers. I mean, that promise that that Jesus is our Lord and Savior has been fulfilled. You know, we've been redeemed from sin and, you know, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. 
However, it's not just fire insurance. And there's a lot of believers today that just treat it as fire insurance. They accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then they go and continue to live their lives however they want. But there's this incompleteness because we have to do our part in faithful obedience. You know, if we are to possess God's promises in his kingdom, you know, it's, it's getting into the word. It's going to church on Sunday. It's taking time to pray with him, you know, and listening to worship and, and allowing him to change our lives. Um, you know, as I was listening to worship music this morning, it was, you know, the song, you know, from Bethel was, you know, you're standing on, you know, you're leaving that shoreline and allowing God just to take over. And, and that was what God was saying is there's just, he was speaking to my heart on, 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 in regards to, you know, some believers are just standing on the shoreline saying, well, I just have Jesus in my life and that's all I want. They don't want to take that step out into the next, you know, they're, they're content with where they're at. And it's, you know, part of our relationship is stepping off, you know, it's just kind of like a brand, you know, somebody who's learning to swim, they're not going to learn to swim just sitting on the side of the pool and just, you know, having their feet, you know, just kind of in the water. They have to get into the water and swim and learn to, to, to swim. And so, you know, that's just essentially our, our relationship with God. And we'll talk about as we get into judges, what happens when we're not being obedient, you know, what we see with the Israelites, what ends up happening. So that, you know, kind of moving forward, what happens, you know, even though not all of the inhabitants had been driven out, it was considered complete and they allow the Eastern tribes to return home. Now, remember there was, you know, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh had decided they didn't want an inheritance. They liked being on the other side of the Jordan on some land that they had conquered during that time. And they were just happy with that. Well, at this point, but they were, they were, they had made a promise that they would go help their brothers inherit or, you know, capture the land and before they would settle down. And so they are getting that opportunity to return home. And so they're sent home, but there's this thing that ends up happening where they end up building this altar. And right away, you know, Joshua and and all the Israelites were like ready to go to war against their own brothers going you forsake the Lord they saw it as forsaking the Lord so they were prepared to go to war with their own brothers but instead they chose to send a delegation and we see there that everything kind of gets settled out and there's no war and, it, and it's that way, you know, under the new covenant, there's truth and love. You know, we have to stand for God's truth and holiness today without compromise, while at the same time acting in love towards those that or they must oppose. And and that's that way, you know, we see in, in the society today that, 
you know, if you oppose somebody's lifestyle because it's against the Bible, a lot of people will actually call call you a bigot. They they say you're hateful, that you're racist or whatever. They will label you because they think that if you truly love somebody, you're just going to let them be who they want to be. And it's like when you think about somebody that you love, you know, like I think you know, about my parents, when they knew that something wasn't right for me, they were still truthful to me and say, you know, would tell me that they didn't think that wasn't right for me, you know, and I know that they were doing it out of love. Now, now they didn't force me, you know, especially when I was 18, you know, they were still, when I was an adult, they would lovingly tell me that they didn't agree with, a decision that I was making or whatever. And it was out of love, but they said, ultimately the choice is mine. And, you know, and as believers and and God's going to open that that door for us to be loving towards the people. And when we love somebody, we're going to tell them the truth. And, and that's how it is today is if we truly love somebody and God opens up that door for us to share our faith with them, we have to be truthful and, and all of that with them because, and stand for God's truth and holiness without compromise and see today, you know, there's so many people that would want Christians and believers, they want us to compromise. And there's many churches that are compromising and, and essentially making a deal with the devil just so, you know, that they, their, their, or their church numbers <laughs> grows because they don't want to shut down their churches. So they're willing to compromise, you know, with, with what they believe in, you know, they compromise and all of that. And it's like, you can't compromise God's word. You can't compromise it. You know, if he says something is sin, it's sin. And you can't compromise with it. You can't do that. You know, it's essentially, you know, not good. And so, you know, we have to be that way. And so, you know, that's just something that we need to really focus on, especially as believers in these days and these times that we just can't, you know, we can't compromise, but God is going to put a love in our hearts for people that, you know, is walking us in. And when we love them, we're going to tell them, I don't agree with your lifestyle. And, and God has a way of, you know, you're in that person's life and, they're going to, you know, and you'll just say, Hey, I still love you though. And, and all of that, God works in, and God works in a way. And there's sometimes, you know, people, they start thinking, you know, wait a minute <laughs> and it gets them to thinking. So that was, you know, Joshua's chapter 21 and chapter 22. Then we get into chapter 23 of Joshua and essentially Joshua is you know, he's essentially like, if you think about it, retiring and, you know, he has done what he had, what he was supposed to do for the Lord and, and for the Israelites, but he calls them, 
he bring, you know, and he encourages the Israelites to continue driving out the rest of the inhabitants. And he gives them warnings that if they don't, that they're just going to be a snare to them. You know, he gives them encouragement. And it's that way, you know, in, in the new covenant today, we have our spiritual leaders. And, you know, as they raise up, you know, as we're raising up a new generation of believers, you know, at some point, you know, God is going to call us to a new work and, and say, okay, it's time for them to, to take on the work. And as, you know, when you're doing that, you just have to encourage and say, here you go, you know, and, and encourage them to continue on, but also warn them, you know, and, and be there, you know, and, and be there as a source of wisdom, but at some point you have to step away. And then in chapter 24, he assembles all the tribes one more time for a covenant renewal. And that's where we get, you know, this famous verse that, you know, is on a lot of people's signs in the house. And, and I love this verse because it is so profound. And, you know, he essentially, he says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's just something that, you know, as a believer, you know, especially when you don't have family members, you know, you become a believer, but you have family members that are not following the Lord. This is something to pray because it's, it's declaring that you and your household is going to serve the Lord. And it's essentially a sword against the enemy. You know, some people go and it, and it's learning to declare out your faith that, you know, God, not only did God or, you know, Jesus go on the cross for me and die for me. He also did it for, you know, my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad, my cousins, you know, and that as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And even for your kids, even for your spouses, you know, today we see the enemy attacking marriages in a way that you have one spouse that is following the Lord wholeheartedly, but they have a spouse that's not. And the enemy likes to use that as a source of contention. And, and that's just something that you have to just continue declaring every day. As for me and my household, we are going to serve the Lord and just keep praying and trusting in the Lord that he is, you know, and he's faithful and he loves the people that are lost in your family. You know, just as he loves you, he loves the people who are lost in your family and he wants to see them, you know, come to salvation and he's going to do whatever he can to bring the gospel to them and, and to open up their eyes. And so essentially, you know, Joshua, you know, the covenant is renewed. He, you know, the Israelites are saying, oh, we are going to do this. You know, we are going to essentially serve the Lord. And so that is what happens in the, the, the covenant is renewed. And then Joshua ends up passing away shortly after that. And so does Eleazar or Eleazar, or Eleazar, the son of Aaron, he, he dies and he's buried as well. 
And so that's the end of of Joshua. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll jump into Judges. So we start off in Judges. And Judges, the events recorded in the book of Judges, it's extending from about um, 1375 BC to 1050 BC. And essentially, this is after Joshua dies. And we see in Judges, you know, chapter 1, verse 1, you know, starting in, in Judges chapter 1, what ends up happening is some of the tribes still continue to go to, um, inhabit the, you know, drive out the inhabitants as, as God commanded them. And for example, there's Judah, you know, as they were praying, God says Judah's to go first. And as I've talked about previously in, in previous podcasts, the name of Judah, it means praise. So essentially praise goes first. And, um, it's so essential in, in our relationship with the Lord, you know, when I'm, you know, with, you know, I use this acronym with, with prayer that P means praise. You always start out your prayer with praise and because it's so huge, it's, you know, it's essentially, you know, reminding us who our God is and what he's done for us, you know, and, and who, and his promises, so praise goes first. However, even though there's some that go to drive out the inhabitants, some don't. And yes, we see resistance. And people go, well, there was people resisting them. Yes. And, and that is going to happen. When we're called by the Lord, we're going to come across resistance. But that doesn't give us an excuse to stop. And there's a lot of believers that get discouraged when resistance comes because they go, okay, this is not from God. If I'm coming across, that's a huge lie of the enemy. When you come across resistance, you think, oh, this is not from God. I need to get out of here. And I used to believe in that. You know, it's, it's something that the Lord has really worked on with me the last few years that just because I come across resistance does not mean that he didn't put me there for no reason or that it's not him. And, and the Lord is always working within me in those times. And so we see that, that the Israelites fail to totally drive out in the, in the inhabitants. And all of a sudden this angel of the Lord shows up and just says, you, you guys disobeyed. And because of this, you know, these people are going to be a thorn to your side. And, and the people are, they weep aloud and, you know, and, and they offer sacrifices to the Lord and, and people go, well, they were, they were remorseful but I, they didn't go and continue what they were supposed to do. 
I think if their hearts would have been totally changed, they would have been doing what they were supposed to at this point. But they don't. And what ends up happening is after that, another gener it you know, talks about another generation comes up that does not know God and that they end up becoming ensnared by the 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 inhabitants in the land with their their gods and and how they live and as believers today and I I I stress to parents who are believers that it's very crucial that you be careful with how you raise your children up because there are parents out there that are okay with well we'll just go to school or or not school but to church occasionally on a Sunday because this is our 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 weekend and they really don't strive to be careful with how they live what they watch on TV what they read and even being careful about what what their kids learn and I remember you know having a friend and her son was even in preschool and they were doing um these diff- different yoga poses that were based off of Pokemon and she had a problem with that because she's like you know Pokemon's demonic because they have Pokemon cards in their house and there was something in that house and as soon as they removed the Pokemon cards because she it was revealed it was that it was gone and she was like I I'm not cool with this and so like she had to wrestle with the fact of whether to homeschool her son because she's like, I don't want him learning these things that they're they're trying to shove down their throats, <laughs> essentially. And so, you know, as as believers, we have to be careful. And even in the church as well, when you're a youth pastor, when you're a children's church pastor, it's teaching these a generation about God and his faithfulness and what Jesus did on the cross for them, you know, awakening them to the identity who they are because the enemy has, he wants more than anything to ensnare the younger generation to be turned away from the Lord and living however they want to. And, you know, and, and today, you know, as a youth leader, you know, I'm, seeing kids whose families you know and they are really in a spiritual battle and they do realize that there's a spiritual battle going on they do see it and they do know it because they you know they live in a family that's so far from the lord but then they're coming to our youth group and they're they're their lives are getting changed their hearts are getting changed and then they go home and there's such a spiritual conflict and we have to work with them on on that and pray with them. I mean, I pray for my kid, you know, youth kids every single day because I realize that a lot of them, when they leave, you know, our church doors on Wednesday night, that it's going to be at like six days of, of spiritual warfare because they don't have that. And, you know, we just have... There's this generation that 
and, and judges that doesn't know God and they become ensnared. And because of that, they turn away from the Lord. So the Lord allows them to be conquered and, and be controlled. And what ends up happening is he raises up judges and these judges, because at the time the Israelites did not have a king. So these judges were essentially, you know, I'd like to say like generals, you know, of an, of a, of the military, but they also, they kind of handled some of the, 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 the day-to-day, you know, problems and stuff. What, like we'll see with Deborah, who is one of the judges. Problem is when the judge died, the Israelites would go back to their ways, you know? And, and that's, it's that way, even in the, in, in the church today that you have some believers and, and, you know, it's, it's something that when we have somebody who becomes a brand new believer, you know, it's to strive getting them involved with, with some people, getting them the discipleship that they need because they need that guidance or else they really don't have that guidance to to help them move forward and they're so easily drawn back and to their to their old ways and it's a it's a heart issue in a way with the israelites their heart wasn't there you know truly there and you know they would be redeemed and 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 even as believers we can get that way too that god we could answer prayer and then we just kind of you know, after we've been so close to the Lord and then we just get content and it's like, no, don't let that fire die out. So, you know, these judges, um, come in and, and so there's several in, in the book of judges, it points out several of these judges, you know, um, for example, you know, there was, you know, first off there was Othniel, which was the brother, younger brother, Caleb. He was the first one. Then there was Ehud, which that one was where he ends up. He was the left-handed judge and, you know, stabbed this king. And even it's the gross scene where even the king was so fat when he, you know, stabbed him. The fat went around the sword and he just like left it there. So there was that. There was Shamgar. Then there was Deborah. And so I'm going to, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll jump back into Deborah. So we are back and there is, we're jumping into Deborah. Deborah is, um, really, a, a really wonderful story in the book of Judges because Deborah is, well, we all know it's a woman and she was a prophetess and a leader. So she was also, you know, the people were taking their issues to her and she could hear the voice of the Lord and make decisions. And so she was put in this leadership role, which is really huge. Like I like to point out to, to young women that you know, Deborah, you know, because a lot of like, even in the feminist culture, they like to say that the Bible, you know, is so against women. And it's like, no, look at Deborah. Deborah was a, she was a woman. 
She was a prophetess. She was a leader. I mean, the Lord used her mightily. And I'll, I'll keep pointing out like women throughout the Bible that God used mightily. And she hears from the Lord that, you know, to go talk to Barak and Barak and commands Barak to go fight. And, but Barak balks, you know, it's a, it's a lack of faith. You know, he was like, I'm not going to go unless you go. And, and because of that, you know, she's like, fine, I'll go. But the credit is not going to come to you. It's going to say that the woman, that a woman is going to, you know, be the conqueror essentially. And even as believers, you know, we can balk in our faith when, when God calls us to do something and, and God is, you know, he gives second chances, but if we continue to not be obedient to what he's told us to do, and we miss out on this opportunity from the Lord, because he's going to give it to somebody who's going to do it at some point, because that is what he wants to do. And so we see that with Barak. And what ends up happening is, yeah, there's this big old battle and jail. You know, so Sarah goes into this tent of this woman named Jael and she gives him milk instead of water and he falls asleep and she kills him. And she's a woman. And so we see that, yeah, this woman is the one, it's a woman who ends up killing Sarah. And so then we get to the song of Deborah in, and all of that. And so you know, which is, is a big song of praise. And when the battle is over, we need to be praising the Lord and, and allowing him to move. And, and so that ends up happening. But as, as always, the Israelites go back, you know, to their old ways and they end up, um, you know, they end up, you know, as we get into Judges chapter six, he gives them over to the Midianites and the Midianites are rough. You know, they're coming in and it's to the point they're fleeing to the mountains and it's just rough. Like, and we see when we meet Gideon, who is another major judge in, in this book, he's threshing wheat in a wine press as quickly as he can so that he, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to get it. And, you know, and they're crying out to the Lord and the, he uses a prophet. He's just like, you know, you haven't listened to me, you know, but he still goes, you know, down and he sits at, under the oak and, and Ophrah, you know, and, you know, to Gideon who was threshing wheat and, you know, the first thing the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, he's like, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, which is, you know, the Lord sees greatness in us, you know, and even though when we don't see it and we see this with, with Gideon, that I think there wasn't a confidence and there was even a doubt because we see Gideon, his, his reaction, he's like, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt 
But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of, of Midian. And what happens is, you know, and as believers, when we're going through times of trial, when we've been discouraged, sometimes we can wonder, where is God in all of this? You know, when we're going through these trials and tribulations, but, and, and when we're going through life, you know, we could be wondering where is God's hand in this, especially in this time that this is being recorded, you know, with COVID-19 people are going, where is God's hand in this during this COVID-19? And, you know, we are seeing people dying. We are seeing people who are getting sick, but you know, in those times, God is still raising up people and, and he's still working. He is still before us, even, even in these times, because there is such a misconception that, that, you know, if there's bad things, it means the Lord is not with us. You know, we're still going through a flip, uh, fallen world. We're still going through a fallen world that we can't control. You know, it's, it's going to be fallen until Jesus comes back, you know, and which is probably not very much longer. And so there's this, you know, this reaction and we come to Gideon and he, he says, you know, go and the Lord tells him afterwards, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? And he's just like, he, you, you see this doubt in himself that he's, his clan is the weakest and Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. We doubt ourselves a lot because we, we, one is comparison. We compare ourselves to people around us that there's somebody better than us. And we look at our, our own faults too and, and say, well, because I have this fault, there's no way I can do this. But God isn't about picking the most qualified person. He's picking the person that is, that he can work with and, and, and all of that. And so what I love about Gideon is he goes, okay, if this is you, and, you know, he's bold in his prayer that, and we see it even with, with the fleece that he's, he's bold in his prayer going, if this is from you, as we see, he, he brings an offering and to him and he realizes, oh, okay, this is God. And all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord comes upon, um, you know, the Lord starts working through Gideon and Gideon takes a stand for, you know, against the culture. And as believers, this is something that we can really learn from because Gideon goes and he destroys the altars. The Lord, and as the Lord tells him to. And I love how his father you know, when they're like, hey, you know, you need to give your son over because he needs to die. And his whole attitude is if Baal, you know, you know, Baal's really a god, he can defend himself. And it's just this whole thing that we have and that we need to do. And as believers, 
you know, when in a society that is telling you to to go against your beliefs is learning to not compromise and stand firm in the truth that the word has. And even if you're not popular. And what ends up happening is this army's raised up and we see the 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 wolf fleece that he you know boldly goes and prays if this is you and as believers it teaches us to to boldly pray you know people go well you're testing the lord sometimes you know when it comes to big decisions you have to boldly pray and make sure that this is what the lord wants you to do and that's what he wants us to do so you know, we get there and, and, um, and all of a sudden too, that, you know, when Gideon goes to defeat the Midianites, you know, the Lord tells him to, he's got too many men. And it's just because the Lord wanted the, you know, people to say the victory belongs to the Lord. They didn't want, he didn't want them to boast and Gideon is obedient to what God says. And so there's 300 men. And even when he was doubting, God was giving him these signs that no, you're hearing right. And God is that way. Sometimes as we're going forward, we're wondering because there's just it, you know, as believers, we, we go forward and, and sometimes that doubt can come in because the enemy will put doubt in us that are we really hearing from the Lord, but the God, God is so faithful. He's going to speak to you and say, you know, and, and, you know, no, this is me. And he ends up defeating the Midianites. And, you know, when we get into Judges 8 and 9, you know, there's Zeba and Zalmunna. You know, first off, Ephraim criticizes Gideon. And, and as believers, we can take that, you know, that kind of criticism. There's going to be other believers that criticize us. When God is working in our lives, there's going to be believers that way, you know, and it's sad, but there are going to be those that criticize God working in us, but we don't see him really defending himself. He, he, you know, and you don't have to, you don't have to defend yourself. You just tell what the Lord told you to do. And, and that's about as much of a defense as you need. So they go after Zeba and Zalmunna, and we see this with Succoth and Peniel that they they won't even help Gideon. They won't help Gideon, and he's just like, fine. You know, with Succoth, he's like, I will tear your flesh with thorns and briars, and then Peniel, I'm going to tear this tower down. And it ends up happening. You know, he catches Zeba and Zalmunna, and... They're, they're killed and then he goes and he punishes the elders and sucketh and then he tears down the tower in Peniel. And then the people, you know, in, in chapter nine or eight, the people want Gideon to be there to rule over them. But he's like, no, but he takes all of these, um, you know, an earring from the share of, of the Israelites plunder and he makes this ephod. And it becomes a snare to the people. They start worshiping it. They start going back to their own ways. And we have to be careful of something like that, that sometimes we can, 
you know, allow something to become a worship, some kind of idol in our lives. And even Gideon, you know, even leaders can be subject to being ensnared to to an idol. And, and that's what happens. And we also see with Gideon that he... <laughs> Essentially, Gideon had all these wives and all these kids and he had a concubine. Well, a concubine was essentially, you know, they weren't married, but he was having relations with her. And she has a son named Abimelech, which, you know, and it's sad. And this is why I'm so against polygamy in so many ways. And we idolize polygamy through... um, you know, through certain TV shows, reality shows today, we, you know, idolize it. That is such a wonder. And it's hard because one of those TV shows deals with somebody who's originally from around here. Um, but, and, and sadly, you know, polygamy is a huge problem in Wyoming. Polygamy is a problem it's a hidden thing and it breaks down families. And we see this with Abimelech, you know, that, you know, Abimelech ends up murdering his half-brothers, essentially, his 70 half-brothers. And, um, and except for Jotham. And Jotham ends up placing a curse going, you know, if this is from the Lord, well then great. But if it's not, and it ends up happening that, we see that God repays the wickedness of Abimelech through through Jotham's prophecy. And it's sad, you know, that we see this break you know, breakdown in of 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 a family and and all of that. And then finally in Judges chapter ten, uh we have Tola, Jer, and Jethoth. And we'll, we'll not really go into Jetha because we'll be talking about, um, more of that story in the, in the next section of reading. And so that's essentially it for the Old Testament section. So, um, for the, the next set of reading, we're going to go through Judges chapter 11 through chapter 21, and that'll be the end of Judges. We're going to read all of the book of Ruth, which is four chapters. And then we're going to read 1 Samuel um, chapter 1 and 2. And so you just break that up as as it works for you. And so I'm just going to end in a prayer and more podcasts will appear throughout the day. So um, thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, God. And that, Lord, we just thank you, God, that for your faithfulness and your promises. And Lord, I just pray, God, that as we read your word, that our lives would be changed, Lord, as and that, Lord, we would just hunger for you and allow you to move us and to change us, Lord, and that we would just walk in obedience, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would not be ensnared with, with idols in this world, Lord God, that our hearts would be just totally devoted to you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just strengthen us in this time, Lord, to stand for our faith, but also to, you know, be filled with the love of Christ for those around us. Lord, just continue to work in our lives and be glorified and magnified in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm -hmm.